This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Psalm 23, we have talked, and I'm not going to belabor every single week. I'm going to kind of give a, a highlight. Uh, the first Sunday we talked about the Lord is my shepherd. We talked about the Lord is my shepherd, and we asked the question, is the Lord your shepherd? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? And then we asked the second question that Sunday, is the shepherd your Lord? Are there areas in your life that you have not surrendered to his lordship? And that would beg the question, if he's not Lord of your life, is he truly your shepherd? And just some thoughts for us to think through as as believers or non-believers. But to think through, is is the shepherd my Lord? Are there areas? And then the second week, we talked about I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Because of that, I shall not want. And sure, I shall not want for my everyday needs, a roof over my head, food on my table. Oh, man, that was my fault. Of all weeks, right, the week that I'm nervous about my microphone, I hit it. Um, but we talked about I shall not want. And that's not just for your everyday needs. That's just not for my food and my, and my, my car and a roof over my head. Uh, but we took it a step further. And the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want another shepherd. I shall, he's all that I need. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. If I have Jesus and I have nothing else, I have everything that I need. And I want to get there in my life. I want you to get there in your life. Where if God took away everything from your life and you only had Jesus to cling to, that's enough. That's enough. I wish that we could have Job. He's older, a few thousand years old now. But I wish we could have Job here as a guest speaker and talk about Jesus plus nothing equals everything. The third Sunday we talked about green pastures and still waters. We talked about our our spiritual provision we talked about the green pastures of god's word we talked about the still waters of god's spirit stay tuned you're going to hear some familiar stuff today we then talked about restoring my soul and leading me down righteous paths the paths of righteousness for his name's sake that's when we're lost in sin and we're that stray cast sheep helpless helplessly in our sin and we're a part of the the flock but we're in sin And that shepherd comes and we can't do anything for ourselves but lay there and call out to the shepherd. And he comes and he restores our soul. He leads us down righteous paths, paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then last week, we talked about walking through valleys. And if you weren't here last week, um, I do want to encourage you, if you don't listen to the other sermons, I do want to encourage you to listen to last Sunday's. And that's because if you're not in a valley right now, you probably have just recently been in a valley. And if you're not in a valley right now, and you have not just recently been in a valley, then I would just warn you that there's a good chance that soon ahead you will be facing a valley in your life. And what, man, thou art with me through the valley, uh, the, sh- the valley of the shadow of death. As we've done each week, we are reciting this psalm out loud together. And if you've been here every week, I hope now you kind of have it under, uh, for, uh, uh, by way of memory. And you won't have to look at the screens, but go ahead and cheat if you want to, because I'm not going to lie. I have a screen back there, and I might cheat a little bit as well. All right, so we're going we're gonna to do Psalm 23 together out loud. Let's recite it. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today, we're going to highlight, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. This phrase, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You say, Josh, that's just a a small phrase. I I know it is. As I studied, um, I learned so much from this phrase that it's it's become a standalone message. Uh, To be honest with you, I had planned to take that phrase and link it with the next verse and be done with our series next week. It looks like we're going to take a breather from one week of Christmas and we're going to come back on the 31st and close out our Psalm 23 series because God God wanted me to highlight this phrase, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. As we think back, that is a connected thought uh, to verse 4, to the rest of verse 4. If you look at the punctuation, and, and I've said this before, I don't believe the punctuation is like divinely inspired. However, if you're just a simple grammar student, you will see that verse 4 begins a sentence, and at the end of verse 4, there's a period. And so this phrase, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, is connected to the previous phrases in this verse. It is connected to last week's sermon. As we spoke last week, it helped me. I don't know if you've never spoken publicly or given a Bible lesson or taught Uh, You may not understand this, but whenever you're preaching or teaching a truth from God's word and it's speaking to you as you're preaching it, that's an awesome thing. I got done last week. I told my wife, I got done Sunday and I wanted to go and begin prepping for this message on Sunday afternoon. Like I was ready because God was speaking to me last week. And I want to, I want to continue to do this verse justice Because it is so rich and it is so deep. My goal in this passage is not just to skim the top water and let you go on your way. Our goal is to dig in and to learn. We ended last Sunday talking about the fact that our valleys are temporary valleys. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley. Right? Through the valley. Through the, the, The fact that it says through the valley means that it is temporary. It didn't say, yea, though I walk to the valley. It didn't say, yea, though I walk in the valley. It didn't say, yea, though I sit in the valley. Yea, though I stand in the valley. It said, yea, though I walk. That's an action. Through. That's an action. So it is temporary. We don't know how long our valleys will last. I wish that I could tell you that your valley was very quick and that you would be back to where you want to be or you think you want to be. But the truth is, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But sometimes that tunnel, it's a long tunnel. And that's just the truth. But we mentioned four truths to finish last Sunday that we needed to remember while we were walking through our valleys. The first truth that we needed to remember was, remember, I am not alone. God is with me. And they're not on the screen this morning because you got them last week. And if you weren't here, just let it soak in. Let it marinate. All right. Speaking of marinade, lunch is coming. Anyway, remember, I am not alone. 
for thou art with me. Number two, remember, God will protect me through my valley. I will fear no evil. God will protect me through my valley. Thirdly, remember, God has a purpose for my valley. And I don't know what that purpose is in your life, and you don't know what that purpose is in my life, but God has a purpose and a plan for every valley. Whatever the valley is that you're going through, there's a purpose for your valley. And then lastly, we said, remember, the God on the mountain is the God in the valley. And that God that we celebrated, that God that we were so pumped about, man, God bless, and I'm up here on this mountaintop looking down, yay, God. That same God is the same God that is with you when you're in that deep, dark, low valley. And that same God that, we, that we're so excited about and we're so positive about on the mountaintops is the same God that wants an intimate relationship with us. What an encouragement I found in those four truths. What an encouragement I learned from David as he shifted in the first three verses, uh, talking about he, the Lord, he, he, he. But when he started going through his valley, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And David began talking directly to God, his shepherd, his father. And he made that shift from third person to first person praise. And what an amazing truth that... I learned and what we learned. But thinking through the first truth, remember I am not alone, God is with me. I found myself connecting that next phrase in our passage, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. How can we feel and know and understand the presence of God in the valley? How can we know that? How can we feel that? How many of you understand many times when you're in the valley, you feel alone? You feel alone. It's like, I don't know if you're like me, but when I have a mountaintop experience, it seems like all my friends want to be around to celebrate with me. But when I'm in the valley, I can't get a text response. They won't answer my phone call. I don't know what's going on. Right? I mean, do you ever feel that way? But in how do we know? How can we feel His presence? How do we know that God is with us? Because we will feel His rod and His staff doing their jobs in our lives. Ultimately, their job is to comfort us. But what significance this morning does the rod have? What significance does the staff have this morning? I'm glad you asked. Thanks for asking. We're going to pray and we're going to jump right into what the rod and the staff comforting us. What does that mean? Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. God, we want to learn from your word. We don't just want to learn academically, though, God. We don't, we don't just want head knowledge this morning, God. We want heart knowledge. We want to learn spiritually. We want you to guide us. We want you to illuminate uh, your word in our lives this morning. God, I pray that you would be with your spoken word. God, that it would do its work uh, as, it, as it penetrates the hearts of the hearers. God, we love you today. Remove any distraction from me. Remove any distraction from those here. And I pray your word word would reign supreme. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Modern day shepherds are known to carry around a shepherd's staff still and a gun. Right? That'd be awesome, right? Uh, You know, if if you're a shepherd, you got a gun and you have a staff, right? If, if you were in 2017. But many times in Bible days and still over in many parts of the Middle East, a shepherd carries simply the shepherd's staff and he carries a, a rod. Still carries 
just like Bible days, just like David when he penned the psalm in Psalm 23. Remember, David was a shepherd. Remember that. So he understood what he was talking about and what he was writing about. And these two instruments, the rod and the staff, play specific roles in the life of a shepherd and in the life of the sheep that he tends to. Each shepherd boy will uh, carefully select and handcraft his rod and his staff, making it fully suitable for his size and for his strength. We're going to talk first a bit today about thy rod. Thy rod. A rod is simply taken, a young boy will take a young sapling tree and, and begin to carve a tree, tree out. The large base where the tree would connect to its root system is kind of larger, and he would take that and he would mold that into a, a round shape at the end. And this would turn into somewhat of like a club. Uh, we, we, you know, every now and then, um, you know, I'd be with a friend of mine, maybe he'd have a truck, and inside of his truck he'd have like a, a stick, you know, down in the bottom that was nice little, you know, 18-inch, and he was like, man, this is anybody that messes with me, I got him, you know. And it's kind of that. It's kind of that, 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 that short uh, rod there. He would practice throwing that rod and catching it. He would always seek to improve his accuracy when throwing it and his strength, knowing that this rod was his main weapon for safety and defense, not only for himself as the shepherd, but also for his many sheep in the flock. This rod became an extension of the shepherd. It was his go-to weapon. It stood as a symbol of strength, of power, and authority in any kind of tumultuous situation. The shepherd's rod, while it's purposeful in protecting the flock, was also purposeful in discipline and correction for any wayward sheep. The sheep knows that the owner's rod, his weapon of power, authority, and defense, was a continuous comfort for him, even though sometimes used for correction. With the rod, the shepherd is able to carry our, out our effective control over his flock in any and every situation. If you remember the rod correctly, uh, remember uh, other times in Scripture, it was Moses' rod that God used to demonstrate his power to Pharaoh. Remember, he threw it down, it turned into a snake, back into a rod. It was Moses' rod parting the Red Sea. It was the rod that was used to provide water from the rock when he would strike the rock. The rod symbolizes, thus saith the Lord. The rod is a symbol of God's word. The rod is a symbol of God's word. When God speaks, his words hold all power, strength, authority, and correction. In fact, look what, look what God's word claims to do in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That sounds a lot like the rod, Psalm 23. Just as in the life of a sheep, the presence of the shepherd's rod would bring about a calming effect, so should God's word bring about a calming effect in our lives. The presence of God's word should bring us to a place of total reliance and peace in knowing that our shepherd is in control. Isn't that a comfort this morning? Knowing that because of what the Bible says, verses like, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Promises all throughout this book. Isn't it a comfort to know that God's word is there? Hey, listen, in times of stress, in times of trouble, in the valley, isn't it good to know that we have God's word? 
We started dating, my wife and I, and, you know, we never dated anyone else before. I'm just kidding. But anyway, but uh, we started dating, you know, in college. And you know what? Every now and then I would get a love note. It was a like note. Yeah. But uh, I would get a love note or she would get a love note. Right. And, you know, when, when you get those from someone that you're dating, you know, it's like, man, I want what do they say? What does it say? And you, you hang on every word, and you're like, oh, she said this, and she was like, ah, and you're, you're sweet, I think I'm getting somewhere with this, you know, this is amazing. But you know, truthfully, every time, just like, you know, maybe be sitting in my, in a, my mailbox at college, or right there by my dorm floor at college, or maybe she just handed it to me, whatever it was, that excitement of, what's she going to say? And nowadays, I don't know how kids do it, like, oh, I got a, I got a Snapchat message from her, I have no idea, or... She sent me something on something. I have no, I, it's all digital and it disappeared after I saw it. But anyway, I screenshotted it and now she knows. Uh, but, but the truth is, however they do it nowadays, when you get that message from that significant other, man, we want to check it out. We want to read it. Well, the truth is, and it's, it's a comfort. I mean, if you're, if you're an insecure guy, like all the guys in this room and me are, it's like, I need that security every now and then. Write me that love letter, you know? We're just dating. We hadn't sealed the deal yet. Like, I need to know, like, that's a comfort to me in my relationship that you would write me a love note. Well, guess what? In our relationship with God, it's a comfort to know that he wrote us a letter. And contained in this book is everything we need to know for life. Contained in this book is, is the map. It's the guidebook. It's the roadmap for life. You see, the rod was not just present to protect us, and the Bible was not, it's not just there for protection or, or a fence around our lives, but it's also there to correct and to discipline us. When a sheep would get out of line, the shepherd would often throw his rod close by the sheep, causing the sheep to get back in line with the rest of the herd. The rod would keep the sheep from danger, just like the Word of God will keep you from sin. What's the, what's the old phrase? Either sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. And it still rings true today. When we're in those moments of danger, those moments of temptation to sin, God's word is sent to guide us and to push us back into fellowship with the flock and with our Savior. So the rod of God's word is there to protect us, to correct us, but also to inspect us. To inspect us. The shepherd's rod would be used very lovingly as the shepherd would be inspecting a sheep, you know, the thick wool that a sheep would have. He would use his rod to kind of spread apart that wool to be able to see down to the skin to see if there are any cuts, any bleeding, any bruises, any injuries. He would use his rod to help get down to the skin. They they would use the phrase in the Old Testament that the sheep would pass under the rod for a deep, thorough examination. And boy, does God's word not do the same thing. God's word is there to inspect us as we pass under the word. We look in the mirror of God's word and we see ourselves for who we truly are. We look into the mirror of perfection and we, we, are, we see our, fault, our, our faults. We see those moments where that wool is pushed back and we can see sometimes those scrapes and those cuts in our lives. That's what God's word is there for, to protect to correct, to inspect. The rod, a symbol of God's word, was deeply necessary in the life of a sheep. And Christian, God's word is deeply necessary in your life today. You must read it 
regularly. You must allow it to do its job in your life. I'm really excited about an opportunity we're going to have as a church family together beginning in January, beginning January 1 of 2018. We're going to begin a Bible reading uh, plan together as a church. And we've got some really cool uh, things that we're going to be doing for you, helping you along. We're not going to, we're going to take it incrementally. We're not going to do like all year. It's going to be broken apart throughout the year, making it easy for you. But we want to do that. Did you know, if you read the Bible like normal speaking voice, did you know that you can read through your entire Bible in 365 days by reading out loud in a normal pace for 12 minutes a day? Did you know you can absorb God's word, his love letter, the rod of God's word, in 12 minutes a day, reading at a normal pace out loud? We need his word to protect, correct, and inspect us. So thy rod comforts us, but not only the rod, next we see thy staff. Thy rod and thy staff. Not only was the rod important, But now we want to look at the importance of the staff, equally important. The staff, more than anything, identifies a shepherd as being a shepherd. If you were to see a a, a man out in the out in the woods, out in the field, and you know, he's dressed, you know, kind of uh, plain and he stinks a little bit, maybe he's got dirt over all over him and he didn't have a staff, you wouldn't know. But if you saw that same person with a staff, you know, the long staff with a curved end, you would know that's a shepherd. That's a shepherd. It, it identifies him as a shepherd, tall and thin with a curved end. The staff was uniquely designed for specific functions within the relationship of the shepherd and the sheep. The staff is used only for the benefit of the sheep. The staff is a symbol of the shepherd's compassion toward his sheep. Whereas the rod symbolizes authority, correction, and protection... The staff symbolizes long-suffering, kindness, and comfort. The shepherd would use his staff to lift young lambs out of the crowd when they had been separated from their mother. He would use that curved end to gently lift that young, small lamb and get it back to its mother for food. That same uh, staff, that curved end, he would use if a sheep was fallen down a hill a little bit too far and he would use that staff to just gently grab that sheep and pull that sheep back and in comfort and gentleness back into the fold of the other sheep. The elderly shepherd would use the staff oftentimes to lean upon in a long hot day. He would lean on his staff and it would be there for his comfort and for his support leaning there to stay standing in a much better position to watch over his sheep. The staff was a comfort both to the sheep and to the shepherd. While the rod symbolizes God's word and its authority and its power this morning, the staff symbolizes God's Holy Spirit and its comforting effect in our life. A symbol of God's Holy Spirit. In Christ's dealings, when Christ would deal with us and deals with us as humans, his sheep, there's a sweetness, there's a comfort in the presence of the staff. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's interesting because throughout this passage, there's been two or three weeks where the Holy Spirit has been highlighted through this. And uh, need we think that the Holy Spirit was not around and not significant in the Old Testament. Uh, He is highlighted throughout the Old Testament. But He is a sweet, comforting, supportive presence in our lives. Just as the rod had three functions 
to protect, correct, and inspect the staff also has three functions in our life. And you'll see how they directly relate to God's Holy Spirit. The staff, number one, will draw the sheep into a more intimate relationship with the shepherd. He will then reach out to catch individual sheep in order to bring them back. And then he will guide with his staff. And we're going to see what that looks like. When a sheep was moving further and further away from the shepherd, his gentle staff would, would, would calmly reach out and it would bring him back in close to the shepherd. Remember the rod earlier does the examination? You remember that? There was a sheep that was bloody and the rod would, would break apart that wool and look and see what the sheep was, what the problem was there? Well, guess how the shepherd got that sheep? He would get it with the staff to pull it in for inspection. He would reach out and pull that, pull that in. So he would use his spirit to reach out and he'd use his word to correct. It's a beautiful picture of the Christian life. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to my heart about fill in the blank. And as I draw close and I listen to the Holy Spirit and I move with the Holy Spirit and I do what the Holy Spirit prompts me to do, I find that God's Word starts performing its surgery in my life. It's a beautiful thing to see the rod and the staff working together. It would guide the sheep. The shepherd would gently lay its staff on either side of the sheep to guide them through a narrow passageway. Remember, we talked about the rod. When they were in danger, he would throw that rod. But on a normal daily, day-to-day basis, he would just use that staff and just, it, it was longer, it could reach a little further, and it would just tap on the side of the sheep, just keeping them in line, and he'd tap over here, keeping them in line. He would guide. He would guide. When the sheep would feel the staff on its side, he would be assured and calm, knowing that the shepherd was still there. The shepherd was still behind him. The shepherd was still leading him down righteous paths. Isn't that the same with the Holy Spirit? He's there to draw us. And there's verses in the Bible that we're not, we don't, we're not going to take the time to talk about today about the Spirit is the one who draws us, not only for salvation, but for relationship and fellowship with our Savior. He reaches out to us and He guides us. Look at what Jesus tells us in John 16. 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will guide you into all truth. I'm eternally grateful this morning for the rod and the staff of my shepherd. I'm eternally grateful this morning for God's word and for God's Spirit. They are all we have in this life. God left us His Word preserved throughout the ages, and He left us His Spirit to indwell us eternally. What more do we need? It's the dynamic duo. It's everything we need. It's the written Word of God. It's the revealed Word of God. It is the written Word of God through the Bible. It's the revealed Word of God through His Spirit. What more do we need in life? Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. To apply it practically today, how, do, how can we know that God is with us in the valley? How can we feel that overwhelming peace that passes all understanding in the valleys? If we've been around good Christians and we've been around deep Christians, we have seen them go through valleys and it's like there's a peace there. 
I've got a pastor friend of mine in Alabama right now who has cancer in his blood and bone marrow right now. And they're not sure where it all is in his body. And he, got on, he, he shot a video to send to his church and I was able to watch it. And he said, I, don't, I can't explain it to you, but all I can tell you is last night uh, the Lord had me up and I was in fellowship with him and I have a peace. I can't explain it, but I have a peace. Whatever happens, I have a peace. You know what it is? It's thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thy word and thy spirit, they comfort me. I want to leave you with, I believe it's three practical statements that I believe will encourage you thinking about God's word and God's spirit this morning. Number one, when you're in the valley, crave his word and crave his spirit. Crave it. Seek after it. I'll be honest, sometimes that feels like you're being corrected, and none of us like being corrected, because deep down in our souls, we're all rebellious teenagers. We're all like rebellious middle schoolers. We're, part, we're good at it. We may be in our 40s or 50s, but deep down inside, we're all rebellious kids. And sometimes it's going to feel like correction, but sometimes you know what? Correction is what we need, and correction is what you need, and correction is what... I need. When we are in the valley, crave his word and crave his spirit. Sometimes it feels like the rod of God's wording is of God's word is hitting us right upside the head. But that's what we need. It's what we needed in that moment. It's what we need in that moment in time in our lives. I've never understood this, but this is so true. It seems like so often when you're walking through a valley, when you're going through a valley, you know what we do sometimes as Christians? Not sometimes. I think the majority of the time as Christians, we're going through a valley, and you know what we do? We pull away. We pull away. We pull away from God's word. We pull away from his voice. We pull away from his church, his body. But we pull away from God's word. We turn a deaf ear oftentimes to God's spirit. And I want to beg you and urge you this morning that when you're in your valleys, when you're in the valleys of life, run to his word. Bend your ear to his spirit. Listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. For it is in those times in the valleys when our relationship with God becomes most intimate. Draw close to his word. Draw close to his spirit. God, speak to me. God, speak to me in my valley. Guess what? He speaks to you one of two ways. Through his word or through his spirit. That's it. That is it this morning. Crave. Crave it. Crave his word and crave his spirit in the valley. Secondly, practically applying it this morning. Understand that God's word and God's spirit complement, not contradict each other. Okay? I, I think we've all heard this statement before. But God told me to, and someone says something completely off the wall and ridiculous. God told me to, and fill in the blank, whatever it is. Something that's not grounded in, foolish, in, in biblical principle. Something that's foolish. And that was no more God telling them to do it than it was you know, Daffy Duck telling them to do it. It was no more God telling them something. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to help us understand old truth, not to reveal some new truth. We have the truth, and we have had the truth for centuries now. We have the truth. 
There is no new revelation or no new truth. We have a hard enough time understanding the old truth. I mean, let's be honest. And God's Holy Spirit is there to help us understand the old truth, not to reveal some spooky, new, sensational truth. Randy Alcorn said it this way, the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of the reader is essential to his total understanding, appreciation, and implementation of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is necessary. The Holy Spirit must be there to help us understand and apply God's Holy Spirit will help us understand, apply, and live out what God's Word says. And His Spirit and His Word do not contradict. God's Spirit will never lead you where His Word has not already led you. Now there are times you ask, Josh, how is that relationship? Because there are times in life, you know, my kids are growing up and they're about to graduate from high school and they're trying to figure out where to go to college. We'll say it's that. Well, God, I I read your Bible cover to cover and I've yet to see where you said, you know, NC State, UNC Asheville or UNC Wilmington. I've yet to say, see in the Bible where you showed me, boom, UNC Wilmington it is. I understand. God's written word gives us guide points. And then in those 5% maybe of life where we have those decisions to make that are not covered in Scripture specifically, God's Spirit will step in. God's Spirit will lead us and will guide us. But my problem is this, and I'm just, I'm just preaching now. Okay, I'm sorry. My problem is this. My problem is when we want to beg the Holy Spirit of God and we want to, we want to ask God to, do, to help us with this and it's already clearly lined out in Scripture what we are and are not supposed to do in that situation. God, what am I supposed to do in this situation here? Well, the Bible says this, 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 and this. Hey, I'm going to take out this huge loan for this uh, thing I want to do. I mean, it's not a necessity, but well, the Bible says oh, no man, anything. The Bible says this, this, and this. So why are you... That's my problem. My problem is when we want to use the Holy Spirit as a crutch for us to live our lives however we want to live our lives. God's Word and God's Spirit will never contradict. Hey, I'm seeing this girl or I'm seeing this guy and they're unsaved. God, what would you have me to do? I mean, I think it's very clear in Scripture. It's very clear in Scripture. And God's word covers 95% of our lives. That 5%, the Holy Spirit steps in, but they never contradict each other. They always complement each other. They're always going on the same path. They're always going on that parallel line. It's never an intersecting line where their truths cross and compromise each other. It's always the same. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning of verse 10 says, Now God has revealed these things to us, by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except his spirit's? Uh, who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God, His Word. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it 
Uh, since it is evaluated spiritually, the spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ through his Spirit. Through his Spirit. The Spirit of God and the Word of God, like a dynamic duo, never contradicting each other, together in your life for your valley. For your valley. Thirdly, applying it practically this morning, God's Word and God's Spirit have the same goal in mind. And that is to bring you out of your valley and into the loving arms of your shepherd. God's Word and God's Spirit have a common goal. A common goal. This duo of His Word and His Spirit was ordained by God to be our complete sufficiency as New Testament believers. I personally believe that the Bible teaches overarchingly throughout the New Testament that there's a threefold cord that cannot be broken in the life of a Christian. And that is when God's Word, God's Spirit, and God's church work in harmony in our lives. God's Word, God's Spirit, and God's church work in harmony in our lives. Drawing us, drawing us out of our valley, helping us as we're in our valley, walking through our valley. God's word, God's spirit, God's church. When working in harmony, these three elements of our Christian lives bring us into a peaceful, comforting relationship with the shepherd who loves us more than anyone could ever love us. We have a shepherd this morning. We have a shepherd that uses his word and uses his spirit And the purpose for that is as you're walking through that valley, he can pull you along. He can get his staff out and tap you along. He can bring you in and he can inspect you every now and then. And and the shepherd can take that rod every now and then when we're being that rebellious teenager and whack us right on the tail with that rod, just like we need it. And he corrects us. Don't get mad. Don't get mad when you get corrected by God's word. Hey, don't get mad when you're reading your Bible and it starts, starts tapping on you, starts hitting at you, starts poking at you. Don't get mad. Don't get mad when you hear a sermon preached from God's word and, and the sermon preached from God's word, the word of God starts to step on your toes a little bit. It's what it's supposed to do. It's part of its job. God's word and God's spirit, thy rod and thy staff. We're done this morning, but if you're in a valley, just like we talked about last week, I want to encourage you to seek God's word, to run to God's word. I want to, I want to beg you this morning to open up your Bible. You say, I don't know where to, I don't know where to start reading my Bible. I just, how about the Psalms? Just open up and, and each day, just take a Psalm and read it. I mean, there's some, there are amazing amazing truths. I mean, just Psalm 27, I just turned it over. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Man, I'm walking through a valley and I want his word. I need his word in my valley. You know why? Because I'm afraid in my valley. Because I, don't, I need to hear that I shall not be afraid and that I shall not fear. God's Word, ask the Holy Spirit who dwells within you to comfort you through your valley. Holy Spirit, please lift my spirit. Capital S, Spirit, 
please lift my lowercase s spirit. God, please. We need a church full of people who commit their lives to living in God's word and living through God's spirit. I ask you very bluntly this morning, how is your relationship with your Bible? I said, I'm sorry. That's just the question this morning. How is your relationship with your Bible? With all of the technology that we have today, with everything we have at our fingertips, we don't even need a physical Bible in 2017 to have a relationship with the Bible. We simply need an internet connection or a phone. How is your relationship with God's Word? How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Hey, He lives inside of you. He is God in spirit form living in your heart. How's your relationship with Him? Do you pray? Do you speak to Him throughout the day? Do you ask Him for guidance? Do you ask Him for comfort? This morning, I think we need to do a word that we don't like in Scripture, and that's the word repent of the way we live. Refocus this morning. Josh, I seem like I'm stuck in my valley. I seem like I'm in my valley and there's nothing. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just stuck in my valley. Have you opened God's word? Have you prayed? Have you asked God's spirit? Let's be honest this morning. The answers are found in those two things. God's word and God's spirit. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy word and thy spirit, they comfort me. Thy word and thy spirit, they comfort me. Never read this passage the same, again, without applying what the rod and the staff mean. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.com. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.